Hi, this is David Vinson, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the Director of Counseling Services in the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. This is a conversation featuring experts and subjects related to raising happy, successful children in today's world. On each broadcast, parent guests will join in and provide their perspective on current trends and issues our kids face in school, society, and at home. Our goal is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community. We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become achieving kids. The goal of today's podcast is to celebrate Law Enforcement Appreciation Week and to learn about how our SROs work in Wiley ISD and the community support with our crime victims advocate. So Amanda, this is going to be an exciting day. Some of the best opportunities we have to appreciate people are when we can talk to people who serve the public Mm -hmm. and really kind of peel back a layer that says they do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and folks don't know it. That's right. I feel very safe in this room right now as well. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that is, that's an added benefit. So today we have our SROs that are talking to us and we're going to talk a little bit with them. Sergeant Randy Hooker is in charge of the SROs for Wiley ISD. And, you know, I've said, uh, Sergeant Hooker, welcome, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) We're so glad you're here. And the thing that I love is you guys are just part of our family. And when we talk to you, it feels like you are another school teacher or another principal or another administrator that's there to help day or night, six o'clock in the morning to whenever o'clock at night, you guys are here and you're just awesome. So thank you for initially from for doing all that you do. Mm-hmm. No, we do appreciate it. And we do feel like we're part of the family here. It's been a great uh, collaboration between the city and the, and the ISD in this role. Yeah. So the other thing, other person that we have is uh, Angie McIntosh. And if you know Angie, you know that she's hugged you and she has taken mm-hmm. care of you. And she is all the sweet factor of making you feel that law enforcement are those friends that you can go to. And she holds this role so dearly that Wiley PD now has a crimes vi- victim advocate. Correct. Say that correctly. Crime victim advocate. <laughs> so yes. what is that? My role for the department now is I assist the detectives and the community with those that have been affected by crime, such as assaults, um, domestic situations. Um, That could be anything from boyfriend, girlfriend, domestic type stuff to um, assaults um, that are committed. Um, Usually most of the juvenile stuff still goes to the CAC. No, CAC. The Child um, Advocacy Center there. And um, so my role is mainly with adults, but we do work closely with the schools and try to um, educate those on um, healthy, positive relationships so it doesn't in turn turn into a domestic type situation. Well, you were recognized by the entire school district from the Board of Trustees as one of our Wiley Way Award winners, one of the very few people who've won that award. And I think that when people hear what you say and see the actions behind the words, Mm -hmm. it's just amazing. And you're such a blessing to us. And speaking of that, what we're working on and focusing on 
with this podcast, it is Law Enforcement Appreciation Week. And did I say that correctly? Yes, sir. <laughs> Amanda? Yeah, it's great. And so we're really wanting um, everyone listening to get to know y'all and the roles that you have. So I think a lot of people probably didn't know about the Crime Victim Advocate, and now they know your name and, and what they can talk to you about. Um, Sergeant Herker, can you kind of talk about the role of the SRO on our campuses? Uh, the SROs hold multiple different positions within there. Um, first of all, they're law enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. They're there to uh, uphold all the types of crimes that occur within the school campuses, on the school buses, uh, even when we travel to to games for playoff games, things of that nature. Our SROs go with, with the teams there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also there as an informal counselor. Uh, and they're there as a teacher as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they build relationships with all of the children, as many of them as they possibly can. I, <laughs> I know it's a little difficult when you have 2,700 students in one school. Right. Um, but but they're there as, as another out. If they don't talk to a counselor, they can always talk to an SRO. They can help them out, guide them in a direction where they may need to go. If they need additional services, then we would contact Angie and be able to see what services are available due to their age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 18-year-olds have have different services available than what some of the juveniles do. Okay. Uh, so, and that's an area that she greatly helps us out in. So when I hear the acronym SRO. What does SRO stand for? It's a school resource officer. Okay. Uh, that's exactly it. So with that, like I said, they, they are an informal counselor. They are law enforcement up front, an informal counselor, and then a teacher as well. Um, I have students come by my office over at Wiley High pretty much every day. My mm-hmm. door's always open. All the SRO's doors are open. They can walk in and anybody has something that they want to report anonymously. They just want to give us a heads up. Hey, this this may be coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Or I heard that so-and-so was either uh, assaulted in one way or another. Um, they can start putting those things out there so we can contact those individuals and see, okay, is this an abusive relationship type of deal? Uh, is this something that was forced and, and wasn't wanted? Uh, and then we can also get the parents involved at that point forward, especially for those that are younger than uh, adult age. So it's not a situation where if somebody sees a kid talking to you that they're in trouble. No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> That's good to know because, I mean, you know, it really is. I have two high school kids at home and what they conjure up in terms of what people have said or yeah. the telephone game, yes. what right. it's come to be. It's very different than maybe even what we've discussed at the office. Right. And throughout the year, we don't lose contact with with the guys and girls that are a part of this uh, throughout the summertime. We run summer programs so that we stay involved oh, yeah. with all of the all of the uh, students in the in the district as much as we can. Tell us about those summer programs because those really are cool. Sure. The first one that we do, uh, it starts the second week of summer uh, this year, the way the scheduling has laid out, and that's our junior police academy. Mm-hmm. We do three junior police academies, and with those, they are a week each. At the end of the very last day, uh, we actually have a graduation ceremony for the participants that are in the class. Um, And then just to celebrate their accomplishments, we do a video montage so they can see all the funny things that happened to them (laughs) within that time frame. You know, and and we really have a good time with it. But the biggest uh, goal that we're looking at is to improve their self-motivation. 
we want them to feel confident about themselves to be able to understand that they can do things they never thought that they could do before. Mm, yeah. uh, and it's a huge motivating factor for them moving up into the next grade levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. It is a huge confidence builder for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's outstanding to watch them go through an obstacle course when they first see it and go, there's no way I'm making it over that wall. <laughs> and by the end of the week, they are. Every single one of them are. Wow. And they're able to complete things that they never believed that they would be able to do and overwork and overcome their fears uh, that they are presented with during the during the uh, junior police academies. What kinds of students like would you recommend? Do they have to just be interested in law enforcement? Is it really for anybody? Yeah, it's really for anybody, for any of the students. Uh, we do have to cap our, our numbers on how many we do because sure. through the junior police academies, we typically run just under 100 students a year during the summertime. Oh, my wow. so goodness. With that being said, we stay very, very busy, <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's a lot to keep track of. Um, mm-hmm. And we also limit the junior police academies to the uh, – the seventh graders and eighth graders. So okay. your incoming eighth graders and incoming freshmen are the ones that we really target for those particular classes. And like I said, it's a motivating factor and it's really been beneficial for the ones that are moving up to high school the next year oh, within yeah. that summer break because they come into high school with a little more confidence and not feeling like they're, oh, great. Yeah. And I'm fixing to show my age. Well, there's fish are running around here. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's so. right. And it also leads them into the police club. It does. Which is a service organization. So a lot of the kids that do the Junior Police Academy then sign up for the police club, which is through the high schools. And uh, that's a community organization. They mm-hmm. support the police department, but they also support National Night Out, other activities that are that go on during the city. So it gives them another club to be in at the high school level that is supported by the high school or supported by the school district, which is really nice. So have you heard, remember, or experienced any stories where kids have been in the junior police club and it's helped them to become a future police officer? Oh, sure. We we have one one right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, She just, uh, we have one right now. Uh, she graduated last year. Uh, she did start out in junior police academy. And then entered the police club when she got into high school. Uh, She was the captain of the police club for two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, She graduated last year. We just offered her a job in animal control Mm -hmm. because she's not of age to become a police officer yet. And this is a sort of a stepping stone for her as she gets to be introduced into a law enforcement role where she's she's enforcing ordinance violations. She can issue citations. She'll have her exposure to the court experience. Uh, working as an animal control officer yeah and and she'll be and she's already invested in the city and understands how it works and works directly with the police department she wants to she wants to give back to the city where she's come from so she wants to work for wiley pd so that's so yeah we've got a lot of really good stories and really good kids that are have gone on scholarships. Um, yep. The police club is given scholarships to um, they're picked and to help out with school, uh, college once they wow. graduate here, they're That's given scholarships. So there's a lot of benefit for everybody yeah. involved um, in the police club. And uh, then we also do the youth enrichment program yes. um, two weeks. And those are, um, it's a great program too. It's been nationally recognized in the past. We started that um, about six years ago. Um, six, seven years ago, and it's a two-week program. 
free um, for kids that are at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe kids that are just having some trouble in school mm-hmm. um, or at home, not have done anything serious, but just maybe need a little bit more encouragement and a little sure. bit more direction. And um, it's a good program. They do a lot of community service stuff. They learn about themselves um, through the police club and um, or through the police academy and the youth enrichment. I'm going to try to um, do what I do, um, teaching the youth about um, healthy relationships, mm-hmm. um, loving yourself, about other relationships. And so we're going to introduce my role and try to start that out wow. younger. Yes. So if if they do know anybody that is in um, some bad relationships or something that they can go to the SRO mm-hmm. and just say, hey, I just want to, you know, somebody's not being nice to somebody or somebody feels like she's trapped or he's trapped. Mm-hmm. Um, we always think that it's the woman or the girl that's having, sometimes it's the guy. you know that feels pressured in situations and stuff too and um we want you know we want everybody to be able to you know own their own feelings and be able to go to a resource officer or a counselor and talk and then if that can be passed on further that they can get some help then that's what we want to do but we want to let them know that all these options are open to them and they may not know or don't know how to tell or what to say so we're going to open that up to them so basically, when we talk about what we do, a big role of the SRO is not only to uphold the law, but maybe do some prevention as well. Right. And so tell us, you know, I'm a kid and we've covered this a little bit in general terms. What do I go to an SRO for? And maybe what would I not go to an SRO for? Like I said before, anything that's criminal related, uh, obviously you could take to the SRO. Um, our our primary focus is it's, it's not a punishment phase, even even if it's somebody telling on another individual. Mm-hmm. Our goal is not to punish an individual. Our, our goal truly is to change behavior. Um, and I know a lot of people go, oh, police officers just make traffic stops. It's, it, the stop itself and the issuing of a citation is, is not, it's not punishment. It is to change the behavior that was observed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do the same thing in our allotted discretion in our job. So some things are are a crime. The school district works with us very, very well. And if we can, if we have the discretion and believe that those particular things can change, the school has consequences that are within their bounds that they can take. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't always have to turn into something criminal. And that's that's one thing that we really stress when we talk to them is, look, be upfront, be honest and tell us what's going on. We're going to help you in any way that we can. However, there's this great big book that does tell us there are some things in there that says you (laughs) shall, that we do not have a choice, but we can still help you through that process because we know we're going to see you when you come back, Mm -hmm. regardless of what the situation is. If you needed to take some time off, if you had uh, a a death in a family or a friend or a classmate may have passed away, any of those types of things, SROs are there to help you with. Mm -hmm. And if it gets outside of an area where it's really their expertise, they can, they're a resource and can get you to the right people. Great. Well, that's sort of what I wanted to get at. And the other thing is when I talk to parents, sometimes they're asking, what do I talk to the principal about? If it's a crime, what do I talk to the school resource officer about? You know, mm-hmm. what, what What do you think that we need? How would you, if you were going to give parent advice as far as they think that maybe a crime has been committed, do they call the principal? Do they talk to you? What do we do? 
Uh, I'll use a controversial term. Uh, we'll use bullying for an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can do, the school district has bullying forms on the majority of the campuses that are filled out and they're mm-hmm. sent to the administrative staff uh, of the school, a, a principal or assistant principals. Uh, and they look into those types of allegations. Um, for us, bullying isn't particularly a chargeable criminal act. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if it becomes something more serious, that bullying is actually classified as an assault for us. And that's something that we get directly involved in. So there's a fine line between bullying and assault or harassment. Uh, So those are the things that we would love to hear about, even though it can be taken to either one. It can be taken to the principals or it could be taken to the SROs. So basically it's interchangeable. Yes. So if it's something that's, um, they just came to you first. You will, no matter what, get them to the right people they need to talk to. Yes. Under under those circumstances, if they do come to us, then what we would end up doing is we'll, we'll briefly look into it, see what we have. And then we would allow, we would let the staff at the particular school that it's occurring at be, in, be aware of the situation so that they can intervene where they need to as well. We've also kind of asked uh, or been asked about, like, is it truly anonymous? And Angie, you were talking about this earlier, like, if a friend was worried about their friend, but you know how there's relationships, those are strong and they don't want to actually end up hurting their friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but you as a crime victims advocate, you deal with people reporting on other people out of concern. Mm-hmm. Sure. And if they, if they don't want to go to the school or they don't want to go to an SRO, they could certainly contact me. Okay. Um, and a, a report doesn't, have to be done. This okay. is this is them contacting me and me giving them resources. Now, if there is something criminal that has happened, that kind of changes it because there is a safety issue. Mm-hmm. But if it's just somebody having a hard time, then they can contact me directly and we'll just work through that. And the school may never know about it or mm-hmm. an SRO may never know about it. It's just they're getting advice. Also, with your school resource officers, you can always put a note under yeah. their door yeah. or leave it on their desk. And it just has to be a note. It doesn't have to have your name. It doesn't have, it's just, my concern is, could you please check into it? Mm-hmm. You know, and so they can leave it anonymous like that and uh, it will be followed up on. I mean, we're going to take anything seriously anywhere where we feel like somebody's being hurt or right. the, the, you know, that. So um, anonymous is anonymous. Mm-hmm. And that. I think that gives people a little bit more freedom or a relaxation that they feel like they can help mm-hmm. in a different way. So so along those lines, the district and the city both use TIP 411, which oh, is yeah. an outstanding service. Mm-hmm. Um, both high schools utilize it. Uh, we have one particular high school that, that utilizes it considerably more. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it, of evolving technology, that works very well for the students here. Uh, they're able to download an app. Mm-hmm. They can send it in. It goes through. The staff member that is reviewing those tips that are coming in can respond back to them, not knowing who they are. Oh, okay. And they're allowed to carry on a conversation back and forth anonymously, and they don't even have to be in the same room with the individual. Okay. Um, one thing I can say is on the tips, we're going to look into the tips that are that are occurring. And if there is conversation going back and forth, we can get some of the pertinent information that we need to be able to, even if you were to tell us who you were, we could try to keep you out of uh, out of a report or anything mm-hmm. else if you're wanting to remain anonymous. Um, 
we just have to have enough information to be able to start working and investigating on the allegation that was made or, or whatever it may be. So just saying, hey, somebody is smoking in the bathroom mm-hmm. doesn't really help us that much mm-hmm. because there's, you know, 25 different bathrooms in one of the schools. So. <laughs> that makes sense. Important to know <laughs> yes. important details, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we get some several interesting tips like you know lunch wasn't great today yeah (laughs) there's a lot of other things maybe aren't quite as crucial but those that are are definitely followed up as quickly as possible so when we talk to kids one of the things that they sometimes have fear about is your position and talking to you tips ideas thoughts about how the best way to communicate with a uh, police officer, what are those elements of respect and responsibility that they could show that would help facilitate a better conversation and build a better relationship? Well, anytime that you want to speak to an officer, they're available. It doesn't matter if you're, you're just speaking about an SRO or if you're speaking about one of the guys that are out on patrol that are riding around. It could be the bike patrol guys, the mm-hmm. canine guys. Um, just approaching one to ask things say, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, anything that would generate just small talk is great. Um, in order for somebody to come to one of the SROs in the school, they'll walk by. It's nice for us because we post pictures of ourselves right. at all at all the campuses where we have yes. SROs so that yes. we do that because of the feeder patterns in the school. So as as the students progress in their grade levels, they've already seen, hey, I've seen that guy before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we want. We want to be out there. We want exposure. We want people to know who we are and, and exactly what we do. Um, I've had kids come by to my office and ask questions about law enforcement careers. Um, my particular office happens to be right down the, right oh, down the yeah, hall from the criminal justice out in the CTE building. So they'll stop in. They'll ask things. Uh, ask about some of the stuff that I did in college. Some of the things that I I did when I was a criminal investigator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can give them some guidance and direction on where to go. That's awesome. I also think it's important that, um, and we, we really try in this community too, is just start at a young age, mm-hmm. you know, making those relationships um, in the elementary, you know, seeing you at, because in the elementary and inter- intermediate you're you're still the good guy right (laughs) you get to the junior high and the high school level and you may not be such the good guy you know it's it's a difference so you make those relationships early and you um make it positive and if that means giving stickers or coloring books or something then they remember that Mm -hmm. um and and we we do a good job that but we don't have strictly an SRO for the elementary schools you Mm -hmm. know they go so I think making those relationships early in the community would really help and then also there's been times where some kids haven't had even at the young level such a positive interaction with law enforcement because of personal things that go on so Mm -hmm. I think that in those situations maybe they're the ones that are kind of scared or they they're not very you know, they've only seen not the right. good side of things. So if we ever, you know, with the teacher's help, if they ever find out about somebody like that, that may be scared because of something going on their home, might be an opportunity for an SRO to 
go to them directly or maybe that's the one that can be the mentor for the next year so you know because we there's quite a few of us that have done the mentorship throughout the year and we really enjoy that but if we could ever find maybe those kids Mm -hmm. that maybe haven't had such a positive experience with us that maybe we could turn that around and that could lead to something further on down the, the road one thing that we hear a lot about from a parent perspective and we have to rein in each and every day counseling, mm-hmm. specifically a cyber bullying, mm-hmm. all those different elements. Social media. Yeah, social media. Mm-hmm. You know, what can parents do to help? What would be your suggestions in terms of, you know, what happens? You know, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, <laughs> don't let your children have access to the Internet until they're able to drive. We'll start. Good, no, good, no, no, no. <laughs> practical. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's be it's, practical. It's, you yeah, need, to have practical. A, need to have a license to be on the internet. <laughs> yeah, right? that would be good. Now, in, in all honesty, please, parents, make sure that you are aware of what your children are doing on social media. It, it changes daily. Uh, we we struggle, and part of our relationships with the students that we have helps us keep up with things. And, and as technology mm-hmm. changes and new apps come out and uh, they help us. Uh, our police club guys and girls, we call them and go, hey, we heard about this new app. Can you show it to me? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll come by your office. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. This is what it does. Mm-hmm. Oh, outstanding. I can't yeah. get a better education. So not only do we do they learn from us, we learn from them on a daily basis as well because they're able to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so please stay on top of their social media. It's very, very important. Uh, there is a ton of different places that kids can access that really have no business being in um and it's dangerous mm-hmm. it is extremely dangerous um some of the social media apps like you know your snapchat and things of that nature they have tracking locations on them so anybody who has that person added to them can see where they're at if that's not turned off we do find all of them yes we always we find a hundred percent of the people that have been doing what they do and so if you break the law yeah and that is breaking the law and it is Threats to others and things like that. Threats to others, uh, passing certain uh, pictures in terms of what those are, mm-hmm. and um, there's refinement yeah. in the in 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 what you do each time you do whatever you do when you pass it along here this way and that way, and then right. it's a crime. Well, even if it doesn't relate into a crime, uh, some of the things that social media postings go Instagram, Snapchat. I mean, even Facebook. Uh, I, I've I've talked to recruiters. I've seen it over and over again where somebody was eligible to receive uh, college tuition paid for due to an athletic event or something. And then they post things online that look negatively on that individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the schools that they're going to, the colleges that they're going to, don't want to be associated with those types of things. Right. Uh, they could be posting pictures of them smoking. They could be posting pictures of them out partying and drinking, knowing that they're all underage. Mm-hmm. Well, that will ultimately kill your opportunities to be able to get those scholarships. Wow. So you're saying that the biggest advice is parents know what your kids are doing and kids make good decisions because those choices are going to really follow you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Just uh, as an example, we at the police department, in order for somebody to apply for a job with us, um, you're going to have to give us all your social media information so that we can look at it on a background. Wow. If you fail to do so, then you can be excluded from the application process at that point. 
it's it's very (laughs) imperative that you're not posting inappropriate information out there and it could have been four or five years ago that could exclude you from being able to get a job well and two you know um this isn't a popular um answer at my house but when my kids were younger as soon as they got home from school their media devices went on the counter because back in the old days the maybe the little bit of being ugly or bullying or whatever it was over when we left Mm -hmm. school now it just continues or just not nice things are said so uh, you know eliminate some of that time on social media make sure you know their passwords make sure you know what apps they have hiding behind other apps Mm -hmm. Um, if you're not as educated as your kids about the apps and the phone, then they're always going to be one step ahead of us. And um, you just really, I've met so many parents that don't even know the passwords to get in their kids' phones or computers, you know, and that's, that's kind of scary. And so make sure that you have those resources and um, look at their phones. You know, nobody, you know, the kids think it's an invasion of their privacy. You know, that's, you know, they want to say, but parents are ultimately responsible for the phones and the computers and all that. And I think as parents, we need to remember that. Can you imagine you had a principal for a day? Can you imagine you had a law enforcement officer as <laughs> no. a dad? A no. mom? I'm so glad I did not grow up wow. with this social media. <laughs> We're going to frisk you now? <laughs> yeah. Can I yeah, pat you here. down? That's awesome. And I feel like um, I don't hear most of these things, but when, when um, threats or just inappropriate things are shared, are, it seems like kids and parents are telling the school. Oh, they a will lot tell one hundred percent of the time, and that's the thing about it is, if you're going to perpetrate that, we're going to find out, and we're going to punish you severely. And I mean, and I they hate to say that, and, I, and you can't on. parse right. it back out. I can't say it any more, any differently. And and I don't want mean that as well. It is what it is, and I think that sometimes that people think that it's not going to happen when you do that. It, you're kids won't keep quiet and they're going to report and it's going to be a problem. The resources that are used um, when things happen like that, I mean, from the school district resources to um, the police resources to criminal investigations, the SROs, I mean, it takes all of us get involved. So you're talking about a lot of resources at one time for something that somebody's doing it and they just think it's funny. And they don't realize how serious it is and um, the resources that they're using that could be used on other more important things um, for this, whether it be a joke or not. And I think that that's really um, we need they need to understand that there's going to be some serious consequences to those kind of actions because um, it scares people. And, um, you know, it's not fair to everyone else, you know. And the resources no, that are and, being used. And the more that this continues, and it, and it will continue for a while. Yes. Um, but the more that it continues, over time I've watched as media outlets have continuously broadcasted less and less information. Uh, we had the shooting in Colorado the other day. Look that up compared to any of the other school shootings that were publicized. There is so little information out there. And I'm afraid that it's starting to get to where it's not mainstream anymore. It's not going to be reported as heavily anymore. So it shows that culture's changing and getting used to it. We don't want society to get used to this being a norm. And the only way to stop that 
is to enforce what we can when it occurs. And that's the thing about Wiley ISD. I don't know about other school districts, but we are going to hold a very high standard, even as it relates to school board policy, all things associated with how we work and what we do. It's going to, we're going to take action. And what we permit, we promote here. And you guys do a great job of helping us doing it swiftly, quietly, and very effectively. And the people who are on the other end of that know it. And the people who have been hurt also are very appreciative because we will take care of them. So if anyone sees anything or hears anything, report it each and every time. Absolutely. Even if it's the middle of the night, parents, if you happen to pick up your child's phone and you're going through it, I, I go through my son's phone religiously. Hey, let me see your phone. Okay. And he just gives it to me. I mean, there's, it's not, well, look, it's I not an argument. I'm, I'm like, yes, sir, right here. Here you go. have a little harder time. But, but that's, that's his norm. Uh, he understands that the reason he has that phone is because I allow it. Um, and he's not going to try to hide anything on it because he knows I'm going to find it. You know, it's, that's the downside to having a dad that was in CID for several years working crimes. Um, but at the same time, you know, when, when you take that and you look at it, um, it's one of those things that it's, like I said, we don't want society to start viewing these types of things as a norm. Right. Well, it is Law Enforcement Appreciation Week. We want to, for you to know how much we appreciate, not only appreciate, but love you as family here. And if you have a chance, um, Wiley ISD family, uh, City of Wiley family, uh, make sure that you thank a police officer because they're here to help, they're here to love you. And these two people I know, their hearts are definitely in the right place, doing the right thing. So thank you for all you've done to help us keep Wiley safe and keep our kids safe. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. That's it. Wiley ISD, law enforcement, our SROs, they are the Wiley Wankers.